0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specialising in breast and body contouring. And I don't know about you, I don't know how you've been coping during this period. But um I'm not finding it's been as... People are talking about being bored and what have you. I've been quite busy. I'm quite aware that I probably... In fact, I'm going to say the word probably. I know what I've done. I haven't really um, posted about this. And therefore, I haven't got many questions tonight. Full disclosure, um, I put a desperate bid out I've been a bit delaying the start of this because I thought my desperate bid would work. I put my desperate bid out on TikTok page. Yeah, you heard me. TikTok. Um, there you go. I have a, I'm now on TikTok. Um, it's called the Stiano Clinic, at the Stiano Clinic, which I believe is the same as the Instagram. I put a desperate bid out on TikTok. Um and neither of my followers have uh have responded to it so i'm quite surprised at that nevertheless i have got a question and i have also got a question that i've just seen so i'm going to answer that so i should have said to that person who i answered the question in fact i'm going to i'm going to tell her i'm going to talk about it i'll talk about this um she's just sent me a message on facebook i'll talk about this on the q and a tonight so if you've got any questions um now's the time guys now is the time this is a golden opportunity you've got a real life fully fledged plastic surgeon in front of you who is um wide open nevertheless i have got some things to talk about which i shall talk about in the absence of any um any of your questions but as I say if you do have any questions please feel free to ask them because I've got you know to be fair there are a couple of belters this is a question that I got it's interesting I um what's the difference between a tummy tuck and a Brazilian tummy tuck so I this Brazilian tummy tuck thing came out a while ago and um people were talking about it and it was seemed to be sort of all the rage and so I did a blog post basically saying you know what what is a Brazilian tummy tuck? And basically saying that it isn't really any different to a normal tummy tuck. And I don't particularly say the tummy tuck that I do is a Brazilian tummy tuck. Uh, I just, it's just a tummy tuck. And I just think it's a bit of, I don't think there's anything significantly different about it. I will talk about, there are some differences which I'll talk about, but I don't think they're significant. And so my blog post was basically saying, you know, that, it's amazing the amount of inquiries I got afterwards. People saying, I want a Brazilian tummy tuck. Can you do a Brazilian tummy tuck? I'm like, hold well, on a minute. Have you read the blog post? The blog post wasn't saying I do Brazilian tummy tuck. I just do a normal tummy tuck. I don't. Um, and I think I understand it. I think when something comes out, like a Brazilian tummy tuck or a vampire facelift or something with a name, you know, like liposuction, or just something that sounds a bit different, People often think that's got to be better because a Brazil oh, wow there's a Brazilian one now let's do a Brazilian tummy tuck because that's got to be better than a normal tummy tuck. When you actually look into any of those things, there's often not a huge difference between them and the normal thing. I think there are different types of tummy tuck. no question. there's a mini tummy tuck a full tummy tuck a fleur-de-lis. 360 you know there are different types of tummy tuck but when it comes to the nuances of how you do a full tummy tuck we all have nuances of how we do them there's nothing significant And i think someone somewhere i don't know who sort of someone has coined the phrase brazilian tummy tuck but when you actually look at what they're saying they do with a brazilian tummy tuck i mean i don't know if it's just me a lot of the things i do it already um so what are the differences so number one difference that they say a brazilian tummy tuck is different to a full up uh, to sort of standard tummy tuck is they say there's limited undermining so when you do a tummy tuck you take all of the skin from the belly button down so the skin from the belly button down uh, is removed and the skin from the belly button up to the rib cage is then stretched and pulled down and now in order to stretch and pull down the skin from the rib cage up if you if you just cut that bit of skin out and then try to pull it down it won't move so you have to undermine you have to undermine the skin from the belly button up to the rib cage. Now, what they say is that a Brazilian tummy tuck just has one, a small tunnel going up to the rib cage, only wide enough to allow you to repair the muscles. Whereas the implication is that a full tummy tuck will undermine all the way along the rib cage. Do you follow it? Do you get me? So uh, they're just doing a tunnel here with a mini, whereas a full would be undermining all of this. So this this gets removed. A, not a mini, sorry, a Brazilian just undermines here and they're saying a full does everything. Now, I haven't undermined everything for years. You don't you don't undermine everything with a full tummy tuck. You only undermine a, tum- the, a, a tunnel with a, with a full tummy tuck. You don't. The tunnel, I've been undermining a tunnel. It's only a tunnel for a tall tummy. You don't do wide undermining. Wide undermining increases your risk of seroma. It's a bigger dead space. Uh, more risk of uh, vascularity problems to the skin flap and wound healing. So that is the same with the tummy tuck that I do. And I think most people just undermine a tunnel and the tunnel is just wide enough to, in order to get the give in the skin. So it'll pull down. And also, as I say, wide enough so that you can repair the muscles. So you repair the recti muscles um, as part of either of them. So that's exhibit A that they say a Brazilian is different exhibit B they say a Brazilian is different because they don't use drains and I do use drains uh, and oh they, they say well they I, I believe what they're saying I mean at the end of the day really I guess you should talk to someone who does Brazilian tummy tucks really or or at least promotes themselves as a Brazilian tummy tuck guy um, to, to, to who knows about both of them but anyway um, to get a balanced opinion because I, I don't propose that I'm a Brazilian, particularly a Brazilian tummy tuck guy. I'm just a tummy tuck guy. Um, so they say that because it's limited undermining, then you can avoid using drains. Now, you can avoid using drains in a normal tummy tuck. And many people don't, have, have, don't use drains with tummy tucks. And yes, that's true. The less undermining, the less dead space, so the less the need for drains. But as I say, I do limited undermining and I still use drains because I believe that it's the skin, the skin flaps are going to stick down better and the seroma rate is going to be low. And I know that there are studies that have shown that the seroma rate is low even when you don't use drains, but it's lower when you do use drains. So it's I don't really have any problems with seroma. Um, it's a very rare problem for me. So I don't really want to change things because it can be a bit of a nuisance when you get seromas. Um, so that's just my personal view on it and so the reason i use drains is not because of the undermining it's because i believe that uh, they are a better way to get those skin flaps to stick down um, so and as i say you could easily not use drains uh, doing a standard tummy tuck with that with the, with a narrow tunnel and lastly and probably the only difference between a brazilian tummy tuck and a normal tummy tuck is the liposuction so it's quite normal to do liposuction to the hips and flanks let me demonstrate these bits here yeah obviously there's nothing there on me you know it's all it's all bone all bone there but you know um obviously not obviously. So those are the bits that you can do with a normal tummy tuck. You do liposuction. It's, it's, it's not unusual to combine a tummy tuck with liposuction to those areas there. What they talk about with a Brazilian tummy tuck is doing liposuction to this bit here. The upper abdomen, liposuction to the upper abdomen. So that is different because I don't do liposuction to the upper abdomen and there's many people who don't do liposuction to the upper abdomen at the time of a tummy tuck, because the worry is that it's going to affect the blood supply of that skin flap and it's going to reduce the healing and increase your risk of wound healing problems. So that is our rationale for not doing it. Uh, but again, I'm aware that some people do believe that it is okay to do it. Uh, Many patients ask for it and think they're going to need liposuction to the upper abdomen. But actually, when you do a full tummy tuck, because you're stretching that skin that normally goes from the belly button to your rib cage all the way down, so it has uh, has to stretch down and cover your whole abdomen it's not that common to need up liposuction to the upper abdomen because it sort of gets thinned out cuz it gets pulled down but sometimes it is and there may be patients out there who would benefit from it but i would worry that it would affect the vascularity of the skin flap and the healing so i don't do it and if you need it i would do it as a second stage so that is a difference between a brazilian tummy tuck and a standard tummy tuck a brazilian tummy tuck they tend to do more liposuction liposuction to the upper flap to the upper abdomen uh, as i say the reason i don't do it is because i worry about vascularity and healing but obviously the people who do do it feel that they can do it in a way that they have you know they can be safe and not get problems with the vascularity and the healing and the problem with plastic surgery is often there's different viewpoints it's not necessary one's right or wrong and if someone's getting good good results by doing it then great and if someone's getting good results not doing it then great you've got to do what's or what you feel comfortable with but I uh, don't think it's going to have a significant result or a significant difference in the result and certainly if you look at the results of someone who is saying they're doing Brazilian tummy tucks versus someone who's saying that they're doing just a normal tummy tuck, they don't look noticeably different And 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 I think if you did a study where you got patients, surgeons, whatever and you got 10 people and said look five of them had a Brazilian one, five of them had a Normal one, which is which, you wouldn't tell it. I've always said same with the breast implants. People choosing breast implants, getting all wound up about different implants, different makes, manufacturers. It's the surgeon you got to you got to choose. You get good surgeons and bad surgeons, and I don't think the technique, certainly in terms of a Brazilian versus a standard tummy tuck, is going to give you a better or worse result. It's the surgeon that's going to give you a better result. Good surgeon with with either technique would uh be better than a bad surgeon with, with uh, the other technique well, anyway you know what i mean um anyway the surgeon's more important basically so yeah so the yeah so the main difference as far as i can see is liposuction to the upper skin flap which is performed in a brazilian tummy tuck rather than, uh, where it isn't performed in a normal tummy tuck and if you think think that sounds good then maybe you should go for a brazilian one but uh if um but you know us yeah that's the difference. But uh, there are reasons why we don't do it. You know, there's always a reason. If someone says, I've got the best new technique and no one else does it and it's really good and I'm the only person who does it. I mean, you might think, oh, brilliant. I'll have it done with him because he's the only." You've got to think, why don't the other guys do it? Now, unless it's because I've got some technique that I can hold a stitch in a special way and I've got a hand which can move like that and no one else's hand can move like that, or some reason that I'm the only person that can do that technique and no one else can, you've got to worry that there's a a downside to it. Because if they're telling you it's all upside and no downside, you've got to ask the question, why don't the other guys do it? If there's absolutely no downside to it, there's got to be a downside. Otherwise, everyone would do it. And, you, you know, you just got to be honest and with patients and say, look, there's an upside, there's a downside. The upside is you can thin this flap out a bit. The downside is it might affect the vascularity and affect the healing of the skin. Right. There's, there's got it's like the politicians when they talk about all this, whenever they say about their manifestos and things. They always just talk about upsides, don't they? Oh, I'm going to help the homeless and I'm going to help businesses and I'm going to help the NHS and I'm going to help um you know, exporting exporting goods, and we're going to help homegrown goods. You know you can't you can't do everything. You've got to say, "Look, there's good things about that, but we're going to have to take it from there. So we're going to have to take some money from there because we want we think it's important to put it to there. But they never want to say they're going to take some money from there so there's always upsides and downsides for all these things so just be aware ask the questions look for some results choose your surgeon if you found you have got a good surgeon i wouldn't worry too much about the brazilian thing my view personal disclaimer so that's where i am on that one 50 percent the way through that's the brazilian tummy tuck question the chat is kicking off mainly olivia that's all right khan says hello hello khan olivia you're cracking off with the uh Comments. Loving it. Hey, JJ. Good evening. I didn't get the live notification. I hope you're well. Today would have been my surgery day. Oh, God. I feel very sad. Oh, dear. I didn't get the live. Is that? Oh, God. Am I supposed to do a live notification? What's a live notification? Oh, blimey. Question. How many days after a tummy tuck can you have a full shower, including hair wash? I didn't get the live notification. Mm. Anyway. Olivia. So. So surgery day uh, in hospital, probably two nights, then go home, uh, come back a week after. So you, it's a bit tricky because the dressings are sort of down in your sort of lower abdomen, groin area. They're not very waterproof, to be honest with you. Um, So it is a bit tricky when you've got the dressings on. You could sort of have a little bit of a go with your back to the shower. But if you're talking about a full shower with hair wash, Booyaka, the whole the whole shebang. Um, dre- oh, it's a bit of dinner there. Um, got a bit of <laughs> dressing's come off after a week, uh, Olivia, give or take a day or two, depending on the clinics. And then, to be honest with you, yeah, then yeah, a week, then you can have a shower, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go crazy on putting anything on the wounds, but you can certainly wash your hair and use soap and things like that, and let the water run. But I would just sort of leave that, that area alone. But you can still have a gentle shower. I don't know what you mean by a full shower. But you can have a gentle shower, Olivia. Um, straight up. Uh, well, after a week, I would say. Weeks, 10 days, depending on the dress come out. Question. Oh, look at this, Olivia. Come on, Olivia. Let's get these questions out there. Are the stitches inside or outside on a tummy tuck, thigh lift, and boobs? Right. So, like your question. I like that question so because a lot of people would talk about are the stitches dissolvable and the answer to that is in my hands full disclosure this is just me in my hands they're dissolvable for all of those operations tummy tuck thigh lift and boobs we always use dissolvable sutures now you're asking the question but that's not what you're asking is it you're saying are the stitches inside or outside and again different with different people so let's do them one at a time Tummy tuck. So with a tummy tuck, you have a big, long scar in your lower abdomen and a scar around your belly button. So the big, long scar along your lower abdomen is inside. You don't see any stitches. So again, all these stitches are dissolvable, but you don't see any stitches. Now, the scar around the belly button, I do put stitches on the outside for the scar around the belly button. It's always a difficult shape. It's not quite a circle. It's like a shield shape. We make it into a certain funny shape and it can be awkward getting into the nooks and crannies. I do a special sort of stitch, if you're interested. Um, It's called a barren stitch. So the problem with you putting stitches on the outside is that you can get stitch marks. You know, like a pirate has a scar with dots, you know, a line with dots on either side of it. Those are stitch marks. So uh, we try and avoid stitch marks. So that's why for that long scar in the lower abdomen, we bury the stitch. There's no, no stitch to see, so there's no stitch marks. Now. Because it's a funny shape, I do put interrupted sutures you can get a bit more control over an interrupted suture rather than a buried suture. so I'm putting an interrupted suture in, but what I do is I put it through the skin of your belly button and then I go through the dermis so not through the skin so it's buried on the other side and then I come out through the skin of the belly button. I making this clear. Um, so so actually the the, the the stitch marks will be inside the belly button. So there's no stitch marks on the skin on the outside of the belly, button, and it's usually inside the cave, so you can't see any stitch marks. But you might see the stitches. So you will, well, you will see the stitches. To be frank, you'll see the stitches around your belly button. But I deliberately do it so I don't leave any stitch marks on the skin of your abdomen. All the stitch marks are sort of inside your belly button. And some people will do a, a tummy tuck with um, dissolvable stitches all the way, and you might do stitches. With you know, it shouldn't have too much of a problem even if you did have stitches on the skin of the abdomen. But um, but but the problem with using interrupted or at least stitches on the outside, which are dissolvable, is it's unpredictable how long it takes to dissolve. And so if it takes a bit longer than we'd hope to dissolve, there's a bit more likelihood of getting a stitch mark. So we try, don't very often use dissolvable sutures on the outside. But the belly button is one area. <coughs> I just coughed live on air oh god um the belly button is one area where um you might well i I use dissolvable sutures on the outside and uh tummy tuck uh thigh lift dissolvable all the way a bit like the tummy tuck one boobs uh if you're talking about breast augmentation uh they are hidden uh, sorry not dissolvable, hidden and dissolvable all the way for breast augmentation for breast lift there are They are hidden for most of them, but the confluence of all the stitches at the T junction, where that scar, that scar meets that scar, you know, you know, the T junction of the the breast reduction. That's where you're going to, or breast lift. That's where you're going to get any wound healing problem. And that's a confluence of a lot of stitches. So the last stitch that I always put in, I put in on the outside. I put the knot on the outside, so there's not too many knots down deep. Now it is a dissolvable suture, so it is. Clear, you can't, it's a clear, transparent suture, so you can't actually see the suture, but you might feel it. Sometimes people feel it down to that T junction when they've had a breast lift or a breast reduction, and they might say, Hold on a minute, you've left a stitch. Look, I've got a stitch here, you left it. I'm like, No, no, I haven't left it. I've deliberately put the knot on the outside rather than burying it just because there's a lot of knots in that area. So you might notice a knot on the outside on the T junction of a breast lift or reduction, and you will see some knots on the outside around the belly button of a tummy tuck. But other than that, all the sutures are on the inside for tummy tuck, thigh lift, and boobs. And that, Olivia, is a gold star, because that is a good question. I like that. That is a gold star. Because to be fair, I have had three questions tonight, but the other two questions I answered last week. So that's, but that is a good one. Have you started doing the NHS? work? No, I haven't, Olivia. Now, the NHS work that I was – well, actually, no. Oh, God. Um, Olivia, I'm not allowed I've, – I've, I've signed a contract – this is going to sound a bit odd. I've signed a contract that I'm not actually allowed to talk about it, which sounds a bit weird. I have asked them that I can talk about it. But, um, yeah, so I better not say anything more, actually, because they've, they've, I've had to sign a contract to say, I, can't, I'm, I don't know why. But anyway, I've spoken to my colleagues in the NHS and certainly the plastic surgeons in the NHS all around the country. I've got friends who are in up north. I've got friends in London. um, Down south. They seem to be coping in terms of the plastic surgery. We're sort of limited as to what we can do. The message we're giving people is try not to sort of injure yourself, basically. So be careful with DIY and what have you. And we seem to be coming up um, okay in terms of plastic surgery. But I think the main area, aside from the other thing, that the contract thing um, would be if a lot of plastic surgeons. Have go ill and become self-isolated and then need people to do the hand trauma and things but that's not the case at the moment yeah sorry I am not I don't want to get in trouble so how soon should you wait after pregnancy to have a TT? That's a good question that is a nice question Mrs Nice really nice question Um so minimum six months in my view ideal a year the reason being First of all, you want the tissues to, to um, sort of retract and, and to settle, to be as good as they're going to get. Because you might find that everything retract. You know, when you first have the child, you might think, oh, this is terrible. And then, over oh, there's the months that go on, things will retract, and you might feel a bit better. So you want the tissues to retract as much as possible. Also, when you have a child, you your body prepares for delivering the child and puts you into a hypercoagulable state. It makes you want to clot. It makes me more likely to clot. And so you want to give that that those hormones to get out of your system so you're not increased risk of getting clots, DVTs, PEs, things like that. So you don't really want to put yourself through surgery anytime sort of soon after having a child. Um, and you've got to, you know, your body needs to relax and, and sort of recover. So six months in order to let the tissues settle would be, I would say, the minimum. And then I would also say ideally a year because it's a bit tricky if you've got a six-month-old at home. To deal with a six-month-old recovering from a tummy tuck is quite a big deal. A tummy tuck is quite a big operation. And, you know, you've got to factor that in. You're going to go home and have a six-month-old at home that you've got to look after. Around a year, maybe your baby started walking, maybe a little bit easier to manage it. Now, I accept they'll be a bit heavier, but I reckon a year might be a bit easier to manage if they're walking and things like that now I understand also that a lot of people will be on maternity leave and want to have it done during the maternity leave and the maternity leave will finish it a year so they might want it done at nine months or whatever but from a medical or surgical point of view I think a year is probably uh, better than six months but six months is minimum in my view the notification comes up in news feed normally oh, does it oh. I don't know Olivia to know have I done something different I don't know um, Jin Tatler, that's a good name. Jin Tatler. Oh, Jin Tatler. Will moving fat from the tummy into the boobs give the same effect as implants? Good question, Jin. Um, th- th- that technique, it's called fat grafting, has been around for a while and is a very good technique and is a very useful technique. And on paper, it sounds great. Move fat from my tummy or my bum or this or my hips, you know, and put it in my breast avoid use avoid implants and everything's fantastic and i'll definitely have that done in my hands it's not quite there yet and the volumes are not the same as the volumes you can use with an implant to give put it in perspective the sort of volumes for fat grafting if i was putting 100 cc's in each breast you know 150 would be massive so 100 120 or you know that would be big big volume for fat grafting for injecting fat when you're using implants you're using 250 350 cc easily maybe even 400 you know in each breast so you can 400 cc each breast 800 cc. you can never do that in fat grafting so there's nowhere near the volume that you can use in fat grafting than you can in uh implants so the point is, it's subtle. The results are subtle. It's quite a long operation. It's quite a big operation to do fat grafting. Therefore, it's quite expensive. It's almost as expensive as having implants. And yet the results are subtle. It's usually not quite a cup size. Again, I'm talking about my experience. You might find some people out there who can get more volume in, but you're limited to the amount of volume you get in because you're not putting you're not supposed to put the fat into the breast you've got to put it on the outside of the breast underneath the breast around the breast you're not really um, advised to put it inside the breast tissue so you're putting it around the breast and so you're limited to how much volume you can get in there and so it is usually quite a subtle result probably less than a cup size and in my experience and in my hands it is better for an asymmetry one breast a little bit bigger than the other and you may be just using enhancing one breast with fat it's natural um, then then that would be a good use of it. Also in uh, d- deformities, defects, you know, problems with rippling or implants being visible or something like that, fat grafting is great that you can cover it, but it is usually a subtle result with fat grafting. So in my experience, and in my hands, it's not quite there to give the same effect as implants. It can give a similar effect to implants. It's a lot more subtle. And because it's subtle, it often needs to be repeated. And because it's quite expensive and you're repeating it two, three, four times, all of a sudden it becomes a very expensive uh, option although i understand a lot of people don't want implants want to be natural which of course it is and if you put on weight if you lose weight the fat will react in the same way that it would have done if it had been on your tummy so that's a good thing so there's a lot of good things about it but you have to be prepared for the fact that it is quite expensive and it is quite subtle uh, and I, I i i wonder if we're going to get better at it and be able to do bigger volumes in it and, and it might take over from implants but in my experience is nowhere near there at the moment um it would be great if it was but, it, but it's not julia hi oh hi oh julia Gemma, breath bannon pick up yeah fascinating stitching <laughs> that's a can i use that as a testimonial olivia put that on the website tune in Tuesday night, 7 p.m. for fascinating stitch info. Whoops. Dawn, long time no see, Dawn. No, you come out of. Yeah, they're all out. All out tonight. Gemma's out. Hey, Jonathan. Hope you're well. Not too bored at home. You know, Gemma, I'm not bored at all. I want to be bored. I'm not at all bored. I, I'm not bored. I've got a lot on. I don't want to, to be honest, to be honest with you, Gemma, I want to stop and just. It's all go um jackie hi hi jackie good to see you um nice smiley face beth hi beth olivia straight in H- question 180cc implants how much do they weigh in terms of weight on the scales e.g will i be two-third pounds heavier in weight oh my god 180 grams olivia i don't know what the two-thirds pounds heavier is but they weigh 180 grams each is that helpful so Three sixty? Three sixty grams? Two thirds of a pound? Kilogram two point two pounds. Three sixty yeah. Is it two thirds of a pound? Yeah, is it? I think I don't know. Yeah. I think that's anyway, that's what it is, it's grams. Beth, if a texting implant which were put in eight years ago with no problems suddenly swell, what does this mean? Oh Beth, funny you should say that because that is my next one. Right, I'm going to go to it. Thank you, Beth, for asking me that question, because here we go. That's useful information. Eight years ago with no problem. Sonny. Right, there you go, Beth. Swelling of your breast after implants. Okay. What this means, Beth, is that you need to seek help. Is um, if you you have had implants and they suddenly swell, then um, you need to seek help. So there's a couple of things. The first thing and the obvious thing, if someone phoned me up and said, oh my God, my implants just swelled up. And the thing that I would worry about is infection, number one. But if the overlying skin looks normal, if it's not painful, it's not tender, then infection is, is sort of less likely. And so I, I would be less worried about infection. So infection would be my first thing. I'm like, oh my God, it's infected. And yes, you can get an infection. You know, obviously the risk of infection is the first few weeks after having surgery. But there is a possibility of getting infected infection years later. It's not common, but it's out there. And it's usually due to some kind of transient bacteremia, bacteria getting into your bloodstream somehow. somehow. Could be something like dental work, having some dental work and, you know, some bacteria getting into your bloodstream. Or, or if you have an illness, a cold, a flu, something like that, you can get some bacteria. So it's, it's a rare, but it can happen that you can get infection sometime after surgery. So that'd be number one. But if the breasts look normal, as in terms of the skin looking not red, not inflamed, not tender, and it just looks swollen, um, then that's different. Then I'd be less worried about infection. Then that's a spontaneous swelling. And the main thing, the first thing I would think about is ALCL. So ALCL is a type of cancer associated with breast implants. It's very rare. So I wouldn't fly off the handle and I wouldn't go crazy about it because it's a very rare thing. But it's the first thing. Obviously, you want to you know, exclude the important things first. So um, uh, it's, it seems to be related to textured implants, and it usually presents as a lump or a swelling sometime after surgery. Eight years. It's classic, to be honest, it, you know, that sort of time frame. Um, and so that's the first thing I'd want to exclude. So my advice would be go and see a surgeon. Call up your surgeon, bring up your surgeon. Yes, we're all locked down all over the place, but we're still here. And we still i don't think i'm your surgeon if i am your surgeon call me but i I don't think i am but if i you know call your surgeon and say um i'm a bit worried because i've had a swelling and they i'm sure they will um you know treat it seriously and see you um because uh, alcl would be the first thing that you would worry about and uh, then they'd have to go down the road of what do you do about it and so the sort of way you go down the road would be the first thing would be a scan which would usually be an ultrasound scan you know like when you're pregnant just to, to delineate the swelling and see whether the swelling what the swelling is whether it's solid or or fluid uh, probably fluid uh, and then at the time of the ultrasound they might be able to put a little needle in drain some fluid off and then they would have to specifically test for alcl uh, with that fluid now if it is ALCL it is treatable it is treatable uh, by removing the capsule the scar tissue that will have formed around the implant and uh um uh, and the tumor the ALCL uh is is a cancer it's not breast cancer it's a lymphoma uh is uh, the, the vast majority of cases are cured by removing the capsule uh with the implant and um but the first thing would be to make a diagnosis so that's the number one exhibit a thing that i'd be worried about as i say if your skin looks normal, then I'd less not really worry about infection. If it's just a spontaneous swelling, then ALCL needs to be excluded first. Now, if ASL, ALCL is excluded, then you say, well, what is it? I'm like, okay, well, that's good. ALCL is excluded, thank goodness. Well, then it's probably a spontaneous seroma, a, a spontaneous uh, uh, swelling of your breast. Again, it's a very rare thing, but it's certainly not unheard of. Um, when they do the ultrasound, as well as taking some fluid away for um. Uh, checking for alcl they could drain it they could remove that all that fluid sports bra on hopefully it'll settle uh, if it doesn't and it keeps on coming back then you can look at things like uh, seeing if there's a reason for the swelling if there's something there um, foreign body or, or something and you might need to have your implant removed maybe your capsule removed um, but the first stage is be check for alcl drain the swelling Supported bra hope it doesn't come back uh, well assuming it's not alcl hope it doesn't come back and it might have been again it might have been some kind of uh transient infection that we didn't or, or or you were just a bit run down and you got a bit of localized swelling in the breast not necessarily infection but just swelling which might you know once it's drained settle as quickly as it's come and i have seen that i have seen people in fact um i've seen people where we haven't drained it and it's just settled on its own so it, they can settle, so don't worry too much about it. But I think the main message to you would be that you have to go and uh, get it checked, because the first thing is we need to remember that uh, ALCL is out there, although it's extremely rare. So don't be too sort of, oh, my God, he's told me I've got ALCL. You know, it's just like that's what we would need to be thinking about. So, um, yeah, good question, um, Beth. And that's where I would be on that one uh olivia says yes of course you can what was that what was that too lost i've lost control lost control of the stream i know i never got around to rebooking my appointment that got cancelled did did i cancel a nice one dawn say live on tv that you got an appointment cancelled did i who cancelled it it must have been you dawn i can't believe i'd have cancelled it rebook it dawn get yourself well Actually, at the moment, don't worry about it because well, you can rebook a virtual one. You can do a phone one, um, but uh, yeah, maybe when it's all over, rebook it. Be good to see you, Dawn. Good to see you, Joe. If you had upper eyelid surgery, would they be dissolving stitches too? Surgeon dependent. Normally, no, Joe. Normally, no. Normally, what what we would do with an upper eyelid surgery is a non-dissolvable suture, but we avoid stitch marks in that situation by using. Uh, what's called a subcuticular suture, which means it's buried underneath the skin. It sort of zigzags in and out, zi, 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 zi. and then you pull it tight. So it's just one bit of stitch pointing either side, and you go woo, woo, like flossing, you know, just pull it through. And then we stereo strip it down. So you often. I don't, I don't, this is a sort of standard way of closing a, an upper eyelid. Um, it down, there's no knots. And then you come back a week later or whatever, take the stereotipure off and then just pull it through, pull it out. So pull through, so no stitch marks, but it's a non-dissolvable suture. The thing about dissolvable sutures, although they might sound good, you might say, look, hold on a minute, I don't want stitches out, I don't want to be tugged about. The thing about dissolvable sutures is it's unpredictable how long they're going to take to dissolve and they do cause some inflammation while they're dissolving. So the scar is a bit more red while they're dissolving. So, if you want the best scar possible certainly in the early stages a non-dissolving suture is better a non-dissolving suture where you can predictably know when you're taking it out will give you a better scar because you can say at five days at seven days whenever that scar is going to that stitch is going to come out and you won't get that inflammation that occurs while the stitch is dissolving in six 12 months down the line the scars will be comparable but certainly in the early stages A dissolving suture does cause a bit of inflammation, so it might cause a bit of redness, whereas a non-dissolving one doesn't. So often on the face, we will use non-dissolving sutures on the face because we want the best scar possible. and We don't want that redness and that inflammation that can occur while the star is dissolving. Olivia's going to Google it. What are you going to Google, Olivia? In my lower eyelid surgery, they weren't. They had to be removed, which was fun. Yeah, they often have to be removed on the face, Olivia. Yeah, probably worse on the lower eyelid. So lower eyelid probably stitches. Boo, it's the removal of them that holds me back. Oh, the stitches, oh I see. Um, oh, boo, all oh, right, like boo hoo. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's uh, the upper eyelid, it's just a pull through, it's not normally that bad, not that I've had it done, um, all natural. But uh, yeah, well, hmm. no you're not, you might need to be though, all oh, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Always best to see your original, Beth. Always best to see your original. They've got a vested interest to help you out. but yeah. Um, Faye O'Flaherty, so want to get booked in with you. Email today. Awesome, Faye. That's what we want to hear, Faye. That's the sort of, that's it. That, Dawn, that's what we want, Dawn. Not, I cancelled, you know, you cancelled my appointment. I haven't rebooked it. This is the sort of comments we need. huh? So a bit of positivity. Thank you, Faye. Now, Faye's just put that of her own free will. I haven't, you know, we are not related. Thank you, Faye. Um, Well, as you probably realize, Faye, I'm happy to do a virtual one, Faye, happy to do a virtual one. But the uh, real ones, let's hope that it's not long before the real ones come back into play, at least in our little clinic, because I think we can control our little clinic. We can space out appointments, we can distance ourselves, you know, we don't have to. It's not like big groups. I'm hoping they'll let us back into our little clinic sometime, sometime. Uh, But who knows? But Faye, be lovely to see you. And thanks for emailing. We'll just, I'm sure we'll email you some info. But if we don't and we don't get in touch with you, please call me out. Having said about Dawn, I'm very happy we called out live on TV because um, uh, we me and Dawn, we go way back. Um, Olivia, I had mine done in India. I'm quite phobic about eyes, which probably made it worse. OK, yeah, eyes is a bit funny, isn't it? He's amazing, Beth. I've had no problems whatsoever in three years. Come don't, don't, if you want them redone, that's it. See, now they're all they're flooding in now, the positive ones. That's it. Bit of positivity, Gemma. Come on, Gemma Lilburn. You changed your name, though, haven't you? Because I don't recognise Lilburn, but you changed your name. You're uh, you're under a pseudonym, but I don't blame you. Keep uh, you know pseudonym for Facebook. Yay! Um, so what's going on? Natalie, what's that? Pirates? What's going on? Huh? You've been on the emojis, Natalie. Come on, step away from the emojis, girl. Defo virtual. We'll do a virtual one, girl. Let's get it on. Book it. Book it. Yeah. On a serious note, the talk about stitches was very good and helpful. That's that's what we like. Thank you. Something helpful came out of this. Excellent. Um. I did always wonder if you ever had any work done. Did you? Do you think this visage was... No. um, Yeah, well, there you go. Um, I love mine. (laughs) Look at this. These are all my accounts. I've got someone in the back office typing them all out. No, they're not. They're real people. Come on. You can see, look at that beautiful little real person there. I don't think it is that person. I think it's her mum that's talking about. Um, Just full disclosure for the person in there. Anyway, thanks, Michelle. Lovely to hear from you, Michelle. I don't think I've seen you in a while, Michelle, actually, thinking about it the exes came again. <laughs> oh dear oh dear right here we go Lol. Uh, dawn's back um i think you were poorly jonathan it was it my back dawn it was my back was it was it february february last year my back was bad wasn't it i haven't had many canceled canceled many clinics was it my back anyway sorry about that dawn and i'll be very happy it's a problem isn't it, when you get one canceled getting it back in again but we should have chased that really but um, when we get back up and running, you've got to get back in the system just to, you know, because we're probably on yearly ones now with you, Dawn. But that would be good to see how you're getting on. Dawn number two. So this is Dawn two. What would you do if a patient had a hernia patch where the incision line is from C-section? Would you still do tummy tuck? And also, what would you say it was if lumps kept coming out from the central muscle line where the repair was supposed to be? Would this indicate bad repair and how could you fix, please? right well the first bit so you've got a hernia patch so you've got a a mesh a prosthetic mesh so a, a mesh foreign body uh in your abdomen where the c-section was which is which is some, which is a you know a thing which is you know not not that unusual um so what would you do if a patient had a hernia patch with incision would you still do a tummy tuck yes i would still do a tummy tuck it does make it more difficult dawn particularly in terms of the repairing of the muscles because you're going to have a a a mesh there and the point of a mesh is to strengthen the abdominal wall usually because someone's had a hernia i'm going to assume it's an incisional hernia perhaps from the the the, uh, c-section or whatever A hernia is a weakness in the abdominal wall and if you can't repair it directly it's like having um it's like having a uh, bit of a A jumper with a hole in it. Obviously, if you can repair it directly, fine. But if the hole's too big, you have to put a patch in. So you put a prosthetic mesh in, which is the patch, and then you stitch that mesh in, and then you get scar tissue growing into that patch to make a strong repair so the hernia doesn't bulge out again. Now, when we're repairing the muscles, if there's a block of scar tissue, if there's a block of mesh there, it's quite hard to repair the muscles and bring them together with this unforgiving lump of scar slash mesh so it does so the tummy tuck bit would be fine it's just the muscle repair which would be difficult and we might be limited in, as to the t- muscle repair that we could do so it depends on how bad your muscles are in terms of the divarification of your muscles which means your rectus abdominal muscles your six-pack muscles instead of being right next to each other you know down here they run as two lines down here the muscles go like that they've got lines that go like that but the muscles go like that and when you've had put on weight they get st- sprayed apart as part of a tummy tuck we bring them together so we would be limited as to but we might be limited as to how much we could bring them together so that's what i would say to you if you're just having a tummy tuck and you had a mesh there i would say it's fine to do it but uh, there's a there's a risk that the the, the uh repair would be a little difficult and we might not be able to get as good a repair because when you go into virgin tissues which haven't got any scar there everything moves a lot easier the other risk would be infection because if prosthetic material just like a breast implant or a hip replacement or a cataract or a heart valve or whatever it is if you get an infection with a prosthetic material there and a mesh is a prosthetic material then the infection doesn't settle until you remove the prosthetic material so if you're going back in and and doing surgery around that mesh there is a risk of introducing infection and causing Pretty big problems, to be honest. When you get a mesh infected, it's pretty horrible. Which brings me on to my second, or your point, your second point. What would you say if if it was if lumps kept coming out from the central muscle line where the repair was supposed to be? with this indicate? Now I don't know what you mean by lumps. Now if you mean like recurrent hernia, if there's a bulge next to so they've they've darned the hole in your jumper, but you're getting a hole, you know, you're getting another hole at the edge of the darn you know that then that's that might be um, maybe I mean bad repair or maybe the tissues are you know the tissues are friable it can be difficult if the tissues are friable if you had a lot of problems with hernias and infections if the tissues aren't strong you know we can put a unforgiving mesh in but if the tissues aren't strong that we're stitching the mesh to it can fray as you can imagine just like a, a jumper if the, you know keep I'm going to push on with the jumper analogy I think it's working. It's working for me anyway. Um, then you could get, you know, hernias, but, you know, bulging through um, the l- lumps. The other thing in the back of my mind, I think infection. If you get a chronically infected mesh, you can get lumps, you can get discharge. It's usually a bit more unpleasant that if you're getting discharge and lumps and what have you but I don't think that's what you're describing. But if that happens, then you've got to think about removing the mesh maybe or long-term antibiotics if, if you can. But if it doesn't settle, then you've got to remove the mesh, which can be a bit of a nightmare because you know you remove the darn, then you flipping have the hernia back because that's why you have the mesh. But you, know, you might not, if there's enough scar tissue, blah, 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 but that becomes a difficult problem. But it sounds like what you're describing, the lumps are maybe that the um, recurrent hernia. So then if you have got recurrent hernias and you're having a tummy tuck, and you're looking at having these hernias repair, that becomes a difficult problem. And you might want to involve another surgeon, a general surgeon, who sort of deals with abdominal hernias and things, might be someone who you'd want to involve with the tummy tuck. If you're, you know, so straightforward, if you just got a mesh there from years ago, is it a problem to have a tummy tuck? Well, no, given the rider before, if you're getting lumps at the side, so if you've got recurrent hernias and you're having a tummy tuck, you might want to get a general surgeon involved, or the plastic surgeon might want to get a general surgeon to help repair the hernia, the recurrent hernia at the time of the tummy tuck, which could be done, but it would increase the complexity of the surgery. Is that helpful, Dawn? I hope so. Uh, three wives with his name. Dear. Open a can of worms with that, Gemma. Anyway, Lilburn's good. Lilburn's good. Very young looking, JJ. Thank you. Thank you uh gemma michelle whitaker is my friend oh beth brown here looking amazing too let's all get together we should have a drink shouldn't we that's what they're doing virtual night out actually i shouldn't be doing that with no you you should actually leave me out of it i shouldn't yeah gmc and all that let's move on um incisional it was i've had five natural births and four c-sections yeah so an incisional hernia so it's a it's a difficult problem there dawn you've got a difficult problem my friend and i think it's yeah i don't know it's doable no question about it it's doable but it might be a bit more difficult Well, it would be more difficult than a normal tummy tuck um michelle yes not been in for a while but all good are we back when things come down yeah michelle please do be lovely to see you um it's been a while and um hope all's well well it is all well but uh, as well as can be expected under the cirques. Um, yes, bulges come out here and there. So how else could it be repaired? They're like hernias. Well, Dawn, I, I think it's going to have to be a bigger mesh. You know, if you think about it, we'll, go, we'll, we'll I think the I think the um, jumper analogy is working. You know, your jumper, you've got a hole in it. You put a patch. You, it's, it's ripping through on the sides of the patch. What can you do? Put another patch? You know, a bigger patch? You can, and there's different ways you can do it. You can do um, what's called onlay patch. You can put a patch on top, or you can go inside and put a patch inlay. You can do sandwiches. There's all sorts of things you can do with with the way you put the patch in, what you use for the patch. So there's different types of mesh. Uh, there's biological mesh and there's prosthetic meshes. So there's all different types of meshes. It- It's a world of its own, to be honest with you, Dawn, which is why you might want to get someone who does hernias, which is basically a general surgeon, who are the surgeons who deal with hernias um, and someone that involved, because it is a difficult problem if you've got a recurrent hernia. If you've had a hernia and you've had it repaired and you've got recurrence of it, it's a difficult problem, as you can imagine, trying to repair a weakness of the abdominal wall And you're putting stitches through and the and the tissues are weak and friable you know you're putting stitches through the jumper and the 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 fabric of the jumper is 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 weak it's it's tough it's tough and you might have to just go bigger with a mesh or, or put them in in different ways but it's it's a difficult thing dawn and it's a and it's a world of its own um i've had two tummy tucks and he's made the biggest mess ever oh god Oh dear. Um, Right. You know what, Dawn? I know. I know. I I know it's not. Well, I don't know if it's helpful or not. But I see sometimes see people who are desperate, and they said, "I've had two, or I've had all this, and I've had that, and that, and the breast's not right, and all this." And every time we do surgery, we're giving scar tissue. Revision surgery is hard. It is hard. Doesn't matter who's doing it. It is the law of diminishing returns. It really is and sometimes you think oh i'll get he'll be brilliant that guy i'll get that guy to do it and like we're you know no one's really sort of sort of superhuman you know no one's we're all cutting and stitching basically and and it doesn't matter who you are when you've had multiple operations the surgery is difficult you know even if best surgeon in the world it is difficult and sometimes you've got to think to yourself how bad is this problem because best win in the world we always want to fix it just like you've had two operations the second operation i'm sure the guy wanted to fix it from the first one um but now you're you know it's obviously not and it's and it's not and it's worse he wasn't trying to make it worse but it is worse there's always a risk i've got to be honest with you no matter who does it there's always a risk you make things worse you know we don't go into surgery thinking we're going to make things worse but there's always a risk of that so sometimes you've got to think Especially for a difficult problem like yours. Just I don't, you know, just from what you've said here, it's a difficult problem. Sometimes there's something said for like quit while you're where you are. Just saying. I don't know how bad. If it's a terrible problem, then there might be things, but it's a tricky one. Tricky one. Thank you. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you for getting involved. God, I didn't have any questions, but look at that. I think you're lovely. I appreciate your opinion. Thank you, Dawn. Very kind of you. And thank you again. Just get the comments in, Dawn. Come on, you're getting your numbers in. And another one in the UK. Come on, let's have another comment, Dawn. Come on. Um, So, yeah, that's... I had two questions tonight, but I have strung that. I think you'll agree. Um, Thank you. I was a bit... uh, To be honest with you, I was a bit... This afternoon, I was a bit like, oh, my God. I only had one this afternoon. I only got the second one last minute. So uh, thank you for that. But it's all come good it's all come good in the end and i've had loads of people putting good things on which is which is normal for those new to this it's totally normal so don't make out as if it's not um so yeah so that's me um thank you julia stay safe pick up yourself loving the nhs badge thank you julia um and yeah well you know what let's just carry on carrying on and doing what we can doing our bit and i will be here next week next tuesday i'll try and make sure the notifications whatever that is olivia i don't know what the notification is but the notification gets put on or something um is that something i do i don't know but anyway i'll try and do it next week post your questions for goodness sake i mean thank you all for putting in questions live to be fair because that is re invigorated my faith in humankind um, because I was I'll I'll be honest I was a little bit like oh crikey you know what can you can imagine can't you I mean you can imagine imagine if you had to do a Facebook live Q&A you know esteemed plastic surgeon you come on and you got one question can you imagine that well that was me an hour ago but honestly it has come good and that is thanks to you you thank you very much um chats are kicking off what's going on in the chats you gonna stay safe mine came to me on the spot good olivia that's what we like i'll send you questions come on yeah you're gonna sing <laughs> yeah speaking of which Jim, i'm glad you said that because i want to promote my tick tock i've i've entered the world of TikTok tock because i'm a liberal forward-thinking Guy, and I've you know, so I have so please join me on TikTok or whatever it's called. Subscribe to me, I don't know what it's called on TikTok. Plus, let us not YouTube a while ago. This is how busy I've been. A a while ago, I was gonna put like a few days ago, I was gonna put a post saying, Please help me get to 500 subscribers on YouTube. What's happened? I blinked and I don't know what I am now. I'm probably 520, right? So, please subscribe to me on YouTube and help me get to 530 or 550 or anyway, whatever the next landmark is. So let's not forget, I am, you know, you may think it just looks like a normal guy sitting here, but you're looking at a social media influencer here. This guy, I've got two followers on TikTok. I've got 500 subscribers on YouTube. I have. I'm an influencer. I don't think anyone could argue with that. Um, so yeah, please go and look at all those things. Um, is this a new emoji? The wet rainbow. Is that a new emoji? I'm loving it. Loving it. See you soon, Dawn. Get yourself to the clinic when we're back and running. Stay safe, Olivia. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Oh, look, Nathalie's put a couple of rainbows in. Olivia's had to go the extra mile, hasn't she? Hmm? Had to put eight in. Yes. Yes? <laughs> Gemma, what's your name on TikTok? The Styano Clinic. I have reason to believe it's the Styano Clinic, Gemma. Um I'd put it the same as my Instagram name, which I believe is the Styano Clinic. Um, I've not got TikTok. I'll have a look. Well, I wouldn't do it just for that, Olivia. You won't be missing out on anything. It is not... Um, it's not... Dawn's in! Dawn's in with a question. That's what we want. Come on, Dawn. Dawn, you are rocking it with the comments slash questions. Would a fleur-de-lis... Uh, would a fleur de... Fleur de Lis fix this and how would living with such a massive amount of mesh all the way down front and where incisional hernia is where my stomach muscles are like jelly? Um, no, uh, uh no, Dawn. So, there's two things there's the skin and there's the abdominal wall. The Fleur de Lis is good if you've got a lot of skin, particularly if you've got side to side excess as well as up and down excess. So, Fleur de would contour the skin. In a side-to-side fashion as well as an up-and-down fashion. So if you had a lot of skin problems, that's where the Fleur de Lis comes in. Your problems are not skin. Your problems are abdominal wall. And when you do any sort of tummy tuck, you get good access to the abdominal wall. Well, I say any sort, not not so much a mini, but certainly a full tummy tuck. The problem with you, Dawn, is it's going to be difficult because you've had. You say you've had two tummy tucks. You can't have that many tummy tucks because you can't get the skin out. So you you you, you your belly button is is um. Is fixed, so actually, it's a bit more difficult to do surgery on you because you'd have to think, what am I going to do with the with the belly button? Because you can't do another. Well, I'm assuming you can't do another tummy tuck because you probably won't have enough skin laxity if you've already had two tummy tucks. They've taken all the skin laxity away. So then you've got to think, how am I going to access the abdominal wall? So this is a this is you know, are you going to go through the same in tummy tuck incision? Because if you go through the tummy tuck incision and then you extend up, your belly button's in the way. So you can't access the whole abdominal wall. Do you then transect the base of the belly button, which is called floating the belly button? Makes it difficult if you ever did have a tummy tuck in the future because then that belly button would die if you transect the base. But that's one thing you could do. Or the other thing you could do, if it is an abdominal wall problem rather than a skin problem, is you could just do an up-down incision, a straight up-down incision. So the scarring would look the same as what a fleur de tummy tuck would look like but you don't necessarily need to have your abdominoplasty scar opened again because it sounds like it may not be a skin problem if you haven't got an abdominoplasty problem anymore if you had an abdominoplasty and the skin's all gone if it's just an abdominal wall problem the best way to access the abdominal wall and certainly this is so you to be honest with you dawn you might not even need a plastic surgeon you might just need a general surgeon a hernia surgeon to and they do an up down uh, incision like a laparotomy incision as i say the same incision you get with a flirt they wouldn't have to do the t they just leave your old set, uh, uh, tummy tuck scar alone just do a straight incision down the middle of your abdomen then access your abdominal wall and fix your hernia that way so that so i don't think you need a lead tummy tuck but you might need that straight up and down incision and actually thinking about it you might not even need a plastic surgeon dawn i don't know how, if the mess is all abdominal wall mess rather than skin mess if that makes sense so um it might just be a general surgeon you need a, a tummy tuck surgeon but i would probably oh, a hernia surgeon i would well i always say this to everybody try and find um try and find a surgeon go through your plastic surgeon um first who might be able to help you out with a general surgeon that they perhaps work with or they, they know who deals with hernias um, name on TikTok, please. Uh, it's the Stiano Clinic. Can't find you on there under Stiano. What are you talking about, Gemma? Come on. Of course. What? TikTok. At the Stiano Clinic. It is. I don't. Oh, inbox. Oh, Dawn. Dawn's found me. Dawn's following me. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to follow you back. Dawn, how did you find me? Um, it's the Stiano Clinic. Oh, God, I'm doing it. I don't want to do one. Um, it's at the Styano Clinic. Thinking about it, was that not a good name? Should I just call it Styano or something? On, how do you spell TikTok? TikTok. Yeah, is it TikTok? It was okay, tick tick right, sorry. So um oh my Um so there you go, Gemma. at the Styano Clinic, get some exciting content on there. I think you'll I think you'll be pretty impressed by the uh, by the TikTok. But on a serious note, how do you know skin to take tummy tuck? Are all people's skin elasticity different? Yes, Tracy. Good question. Uh, yes, yes, they are. You can get an idea. Now, the first thing you do when you're assessing someone for a tummy tuck is, can you do a tummy tuck? Because some people you cannot do a full tummy tuck. You're not going to get that skin down. So they will be more likely to have a to have a mini tummy tuck. So what you do? I've got a video on this, Tracy. If you're now. But what you do is, what, when when you when you have the. When you have the um, markings, we mark the lower incision and the upper, I, I usually mark the upper incision. It's actually an M-shape rather than a that. But anyway, I'll draw the upper incision, but I don't cut the upper incision. The, I just do that just as a guide when I draw it on the ward. What you do when you do the surgery is you, do the, you make the lower incision, you cut the lower incision, then you undermine up here. As I said, you undermine up to the rib cage. You keep all the skin attached and then you pull it down and usually, in order to get the undermining up to here, it's quite hard with all the skin in the way. You make a cut in these, you make a cut in the lower skin here. So, the skin from the belly button down, you, you you cut it in half. So, there's two bits. So, there's two bits of skin. And, and you pull it down and you you tail tack it. You assess how you break the table. So, you, 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 in surgery, they, we break the table. So, you're set up like that. And then we assess how much skin we can pull down and then mark it with a pen. How, how much we can pull down and get closed safely. So we don't tend to, I mean, I have worked with some people who have made that top incision. I don't make the top incision at the time. I, I pull it down, break the table, pull it down and then assess where I can make it safely and still get it closed. And, and then I make the cut of the upper skin flap. So I don't take any skin away until I'm sure I can get the, clean, uh, the skin closed safely. And sometimes, because you made a sk- hole around the belly button and then a straight line down, sometimes you can't get it all the way to above the belly button. So in some people, paradoxically, if you haven't got a huge amount of spare skin, it's more difficult and you might have to make a little short T. And that T is where the belly button was, make a little T-shaped scar. Um, it's not a fleur de lis, it's just a little T-shaped extension. If you can't get all the skin down, it's a lot easier if I showed you if I showed you if you if you were there in real life looking at a tummy tuck to explain. I don't know if I've explained that very well, but basically it, everyone is different, and you whilst you might draw the upper line, you tend not to cut the upper line. you just undermine all the skin, break the table, pull the skin down, and then you see how much you can cut away. And so someone with more skin laxity might be able to cut more skin away than someone with less skin elasticity. So yes everybody's skin elasticity is different and you assess it on the table and you obviously take take as much as you can as way safely without getting with healing problems dawn my belly button has been put back in wrong place yeah dawn that's a risk of a tummy tuck hard to move as well you're sort of limited how far you can move it um yeah dear dawn you're in the wars aren't you um yeah General Surgeon has looked. He was mortified. Oh, God. At the stain and Clint. That's mine. That's my post. Got you. Gemma's got me. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you'd be impressed. Don't I'm tick. That's my post. Gemma, I want to see you do Carol Baskin. <laughs> oh, yeah. We watched that. with it? Tiger. What is it? Tiger. Whatever it was. Anyway. Joe Exotic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Julia, yeah, Bohemian Ratsy, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Look, I'm getting embarrassed now, right? Okay, that's my other life, that's my celebrity lifestyle. Um, I, anyway, on a serious note, god, this has been a good one, hasn't it? Who'd have thought it? Who would have thought it? Not me, that's for sure. Um, I always thought I was gonna have an early bath today, I thought I was gonna embarrass myself, but uh, well, anyway, it's arguable. Um, so thank you all, uh, for joining me and. Oh my god, are my TikTok numbers soaring as we speak? I had two. I bet I've got oh my daughter will be impressed. Come on, guys, let's 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 go viral. Oh, how do I see? How do I see? I don't know how I see Oh sorry, that's me. Six followers. Come on, five likes. That's what I'm talking about. Hmm? I think it's lovely you're on TikTok. Thank you. Thank you. Look at that. Six followers. Come on. Um, I need to find some courage. Oh, I don't know about that, Dawn. Um, th- don't worry about it. No one really sees it. Well, six people have seen it. So, you know. Oh, Olivia's off. Good night, Olivia. Sleep well. Uh, videos. Yeah. I've, well, I'll tell you what, it's amazing what you can do. My daughter's done some amazing stuff. You, you fit it together. The Bohemian Rhapsody, she was upset that I didn't carry it on. supposed to carry it on apparently you're supposed to press the button and then you can do another one i didn't know anyway i'm learning i'm learning so um yeah well actually Gemma, she won't uh it won't take her long to go through my videos there's only two of them but anyway anyway, she can watch both of them um and yeah i'll be doing something more exotic uh (laughs) um as time goes on so thank you um i'm doing online appointments julia online appointments yeah doing online keeping it online keeping it real so virtual booking virtual ones so yeah and still very much working yeah as i say very much working very busy to be honest with you but uh yeah so everybody thank you all for participating very um oh olivia's still here very uh grateful to all your comments and uh interaction thank you for that and uh, what was that Where, if anyone comes, comes get off my lane. yeah Stay away. Um, I am going to go. And uh, yeah, no, I I feel happy about that. That's good. Thank you all. And thank you for following me on TikTok, or six of you, or four of you, I had to. And I will see you night, same time. Um, Good night. God bless. And same time next week. Thank you, Dawn. Good luck to you. And feel free. Get your questions in and uh, I'll do it all again next Tuesday, seven o'clock. Go and put your feet up and watch a bit of, um, what's it called? Tiger. What's it called? That exotic, exotic, tiger, whatever. It's Joe Exotic thing. Tiger. Big cat sanctuary, wasn't it? Anyway, with Carol Baskin. It's great. All right, then. There's my my Netflix uh, recommendation for the night. See you next week. Hasta la vista. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.